You're listening to episode number 150 of the Pioneering Today podcast, and today we are talking about how to keep a body cool, especially in the summertime, without air conditioning or a pool or going swimming. So, aka straight up homesteader and pioneer style. Summer is a one of the busiest times on our homestead with raising a large summer vegetable garden, doing a fall garden, which we'll be talking about in an upcoming episode, and then not just staying on top of growing all of that food, but also preserving it to take us through the following year makes for not a lot of time to go to the local swimming hole, which around here is either the river or a creek, or if you feel like driving even further, one of the lakes, or lounging by a pool somewhere. We don't have air conditioning here in our homestead, and though I shared already in episode number 148, which was eight tips on how to keep your house cool without electricity, there are still times when you have even used all of those tips to try to keep the house cool when you are still hot. Or you also have to go out in the heat. Sometimes there's just no avoiding that. And we have to do stuff outside when it gets really hot. And I don't know about you. Maybe this is just me. But a hot homesteader around here tends to be a grumpy one. So what I'm going to be sharing with you today are the tips that we use when you have to have your garden and harvest. And you can't put off working on them. But you want to keep as cool as possible while doing it. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Pioneering Today podcast. My name is Melissa K. Norris, and this is the place where we teach families how to grow, preserve, and cook their own food using old-fashioned skill sets and wisdom for a natural, self-sufficient home with or without the full-on homestead. And as I said, this is episode number 150, and all of the links to the various things that I'm going to be talking about and further resources you can access by going to the website for this specific episode. We have a full written blog post there for you, and that's at melissaknorris.com forward slash 150, because this is episode number 150. So some of these tips that I'm going to share with you, they may seem basic or simple, but that's kind of the purpose of modern homesteading and self-sufficiency and getting back to the basics, right? But stick with me, because when you combine these tips together, they are really effective. First up, and this is going to be the most simple, and that is number one, drink thy water. Staying hydrated is your first line of defense, especially if you're going to be sweating or out in the heat. And while water is good, and more of us, probably almost all of us, need to drink more water, most of us are not overhydrated. But sometimes you might get tired of just drinking plain water. So I've shared in some past episodes of the podcast and in my book, The Made from Scratch Life and Handmade, that I really turned to doing everything from scratch and kicking out GMOs and stuff when I was looking to heal my stomach from having stomach ulcers and GERD that was not controlled by medication. So one of the things that I did was I stopped drinking soda pop. So I didn't want to have anything that had high fructose corn syrup in it or any diet soda because I was actually a diet soda girl and a spar tame. Oh, my goodness, you guys. 
is not good either. So I cut out all soda pop. That was one of the things that I did. And it's been, oh my goodness, over a decade now. And I just switched to drinking water. I didn't replace that really with tea or iced tea, juice, anything like that. I just switched over to water. But drinking water as your main beverage choice day in and day out, it can get a little bit boring and a little bit old. So that's where tip number two comes in quite seamlessly and it's going to help cool us off and it's going to give our taste buds something to get excited about. Last year, I started using our fresh mint. Now, you can use dried mint too, but at the time of this recording, we are at the tail end of July, getting ready to go into August, and my mint in the garden, all of my herbs actually, are going crazy. So I do dry them, and so you can also do that with this same recipe you can do with dried herbs. But when they're fresh in the summertime, it's so fast to just go outside. I have our herbs positioned right outside the door so I can easily go out to the herb garden and grab something when I'm cooking and not have to go very far. Just grab some of that fresh mint leaves, usually about three to four, and put those in your water. And I actually use some stevia. So for the exact brand of stevia and the exact amount, you can hit the show notes and you will find them under tip number two. And that's using cooling herbs in your water. And you can find my exact recipe for easy mint water and the benefits of using mint. So you can go there. But one of the benefits, hence we're using it in this episode, is mint is considered a cooling herb. Now, I'm not a certified herbalist or a naturopath or anything like that. I'm just sharing what has worked for me. So whenever we're using herbs, especially medicinally, it's important that you understand how that herb works. If it's going to be a contraindication with any type of medications that you may be on, or if you have any health conditions, all that kind of stuff. But I love to use mint as a cooling herb. So it's really interesting when you start to get into herbs, there's different kind of categories or constitute that your herbs have. And one of the main ways that we can classify the herbs is if they are a cooling herb or if they're a warming herb and or spice. So mint is considered a cooling herb. And it was really cool. I am a Costco member. We have a Costco membership. And I was really excited to see they send out every month. Costco sends out their kind of like their version of a magazine, essentially. It's called the Costco Connection. And in their July issue, they had an article that was talking about how to keep cool. And it was with using herbs. So they had a whole list of them. And of course, mint was on there. And it's one that I've already been using. But one that I thought was really interesting because it had some scientific research and studies behind it. And that was cinnamon. Now, honestly, when I think of cinnamon, I tend to think of cinnamon as more of a warming spice. But according to a study that was done in 2016 and published in the 2016 Scientific Reports, cinnamon cooled the stomach in pigs, and researchers say it has a similar effect in humans. Now, I also happen to really love the flavor of cinnamon. I haven't mixed the mint and cinnamon, but that one might be coming up. But the point there is to use those herbs that have cooling properties And you can put those in iced tea, or I like to just put them in plain water and use those in combination as you're staying hydrated to help keep your body cool. Tip number three. Now, this is actually an oldie. This one comes from my dad, actually, and it is to run cold water over your wrists and the crook of your elbow. So 
You can pretty much do it on any of your pulse points, but the easiest and the quickest ones to reach are going to be your wrist and the inside of your elbow. My dad grew up during, he was actually born during the Great Depression and grew up during the Great Depression. And when he was growing up, they didn't have running water. They didn't have indoor plumbing or electricity. They had a hand pump and they still do. It's actually in the old homestead house that's still standing that my grandparents came here to Washington State, the Pacific Northwest, in the early 1940s from North Carolina. So they had a hand pump so they could pump cold water and get cold water into the house. And this is one that my dad still uses to this day when he comes in from working on the saw, feeding the cows, working on the hay field, that kind of thing. And that is to let the water get cold, really cold. And if you're on a well, you know that if you let it run for a little bit, it's going to get pretty cold. And let it run over your wrists and that inside of your elbow. And the reason that we picked those pulse points and those spots is your veins are closer to the surface of your skin. So they are going to get that coolness and then it's going to circulate through your body. And that's kind of the reasoning on how that works. That is a very old time tip. Okay, tip number four is cold cloths or frozen. Most of us don't have an ice house like they did back in the pioneer days where they would bring the ice off of the lakes or the rivers and they would put it in a house and they would insulate it and pack it with sawdust usually. And then they would have ice to use hopefully all summer long, at least into the beginning of the warmer months. But we do have, because this is a modern homesteading podcast, we do have a modern version and that's your freezer, right? And most of us have freezers. I think it's really awesome if you do have an ice house. But most of us don't have that. But most of us do have a freezer. What you do is take a kitchen towel and you want to get it wet. You don't want it sopping wet. You want to get it wet and kind of wring the water out so it's just damp. And a kitchen towel is a great size. You could also use a tea towel. And put it in a U shape and then put it in the freezer and let it freeze. And usually we will put in about two to three at a time so you can kind of rotate through them. But after it's frozen, take it out of the freezer and then drape it over your neck. So you've got this frozen cold towel and it's on the back of your neck and then the front part of the U is going to come down over you know over your chest over the front of your shoulders this works so good I initially started doing this or found out about this and saw how well it worked when I was in high school I worked at a local drive-in and I first started out as a waitress then I moved to fry cook and then actually moved to the grill over the summers that I worked there throughout high school and we didn't have air conditioning at that time the building didn't have air conditioning and this was the only way that it could be tolerable to work, as you can imagine, over the deep fryer and then a full-on grill when you were cooking for hours on end in this hot little drive through It works like a charm. It works so good. And even if you don't have a freezer, you can do the same thing with a cold cloth. So get a cold washcloth and even just put it over your forehead or the same thing. Get a slightly bigger towel. Let the water get really cold, you know, and wring it out and drape that around the back of your neck. It works really well. But the frozen definitely is going to cool you down longer and last longer. Tip number five, wear breathable clothing. So for the ladies in the house, I prefer a flowing skirt or dress, especially when I am outside in the hotter months. It helps to block the direct sun from your skin. And I find that wearing a flowing cotton dress is actually a lot cooler than a pair of shorts and a tank top. It's definitely more pioneer style too. And I really prefer it when I'm out in the garden. I try to do our weeding in the early part of the day or the late part of the day when it's hot out and not be out there doing harvesting and work 
in the middle of the day when it's going to be the hottest. And I think it's just so much cooler. It allows for any breeze that you have. And I find when you're wearing shorts or a tank top, when the skin that is exposed to the sun, of course, you're going to be getting your lovely farmer's tan, but it can get really hot. And of course, you don't want to be covered in head to toe because that's going to get hot too. It traps your body heat in. So if you can have something that's breathable, I find it covers your skin. So a longer dress that's with really light cotton fabric and it's breathable. I find it to be a lot cooler, even though it's covering more of your skin than, say, a pair of shorts and a tank top. I think it's cooler. It helps to block those sun rays from your legs, but it also allows that breeze. And then I also love it too when I'm in the garden, I can just gather up the bottom of the skirt. And if I'm, you know, picking zucchini and that type of thing, bringing in the harvest, if I didn't bring out a colander, sometimes I'll go out to weed and you'll find that there's some cucumbers are ready or there's some zucchini that were hiding under there that you didn't realize were ready. I can just quickly harvest those and just use my skirt as a carrying basket. So it kind of does double duty there. Tip number six is get your head wet. So our bodies sweat to cool us down. When you have moisture on your skin, it's very cooling, but it also helps to cool us as that moisture evaporates off. There's a little as cooling as dunking your head in some cold water or even just spraying down your head with a garden hose to get some relief, especially if you have to be outside for a little bit. We'll often do that when we're going out. If we do need to be working more in the heat of the day is to go ahead and get your head all wet. We'll just use a garden hose, go and do it. And then we also do it after it starts to dry as well. Another thing, too, is wearing a hat because a hat can help shade you. But if it's not a breathable hat, so going back to the breathable things, then it can kind of trap the heat in, right? Because we all know in the wintertime you wear a hat, helps keep you warmer, so make sure it's breathable. And another thing is a lot of times people will just get their hat wet, dunk it in the stock water tank or whatever you've got, and then put that on and go about your business too. So still same philosophy, it's getting your head wet, but making sure that it can breathe and actually evaporate off. Tip number seven, this is a basic, but it's a goodie, and that is to get in the shade, preferably where there is a breeze. We specifically positioned our grape arbor in our backyard where it was southern exposure because that is where the afternoon and the evening breezes when we have them, which is usually most of the time here. But that's where they kind of funnel through our valley and on our property. It's one of the main parts that gets the best part of that of a breeze. So we positioned it there because there was also no trees. So there was no shade in that area of the yard. So that's why we chose to put it there. It's in direct sunlight and it creates this wonderful shady canopy in the summertime when the grapes are full out on leaf and the grapes are actually forming. And so getting in the shade can drop. As you know, when you go into the shade, the temperature drops quite a bit. So if you combine that with getting your hair wet, your good breathable clothing and your nice cold water with your herbal mint in there and go sit in the shade for a little bit, it is going to cool you off quite a bit. Of course, going swimming is going to cool you off even more, but usually we don't have the option of going swimming whenever we get hot, especially when there's work to be done on the homestead. But I do hope during the summer months that you do have and take some time to go to your favorite swimming hole and just relax and play in the water a little bit. Sometimes as homesteaders, we get so focused on getting everything done that needs to get done that we don't always take time to relax or to just be, but it's really important that we do that. For our verse of the week, we are in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. 
And this is the NIV translation. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And I picked this verse because last week, which you may have noticed, there was not a new podcast episode because we took our annual family vacation. And our family vacation, for the most part, usually consists of going camping somewhere for a full week. We went back to Lake Chelan. We had went there the year before, and we loved it there. So we went back to Lake Chelan, spent a great week on the water, which was good because it was 104 degrees when we were at Lake Chelan. And this week at our home here in the Pacific Northwest, we live on the west side of the mountains up in Skagit County. It's going to be about low 90s, which is really hot for us. Normally, 80s is kind of where we sit this time of year, but we're going to be looking at about 95 degrees Fahrenheit for the high parts during this upcoming week, which is still cooler than Lake Chelan, but we're at home. We don't have that lake to just go and jump in, plus we've got the work. What was interesting, though, is we ran into a family friend who has lived over there for quite a while, and he was talking about the orchards that they have over there because it's prime fruit country. So cherry orchards and apple orchards, primarily you'll see a lot of agriculture. And of course, there's a lot of irrigation that has to happen in order to grow those fruits there because they do get really hot and dry during the summer months. But what I thought was really sad is he was sharing that there was a family orchard and it was acres and acres of apples. It was an apple orchard, but it was older apple trees and the apples that it produced were a lot more of our hybrids or the more apples that have been bred for perfect uniform appearance or that are really round. You know, you think about when you go to the grocery store. So usually, you know, your gala apples, honey crisp, those are, you know, primarily a lot of the apples that people want to have. I don't know the exact variety that this orchard was. I do know that it was some of those older varieties and it was an older orchard and they ended up shutting it down because the general public now I know if you're listening to this podcast that's probably not true we love our heirlooms and we know that to look beyond just the way that the fruit happens to look and you can get a lot of good deals if you get what they call seconds and that type of things that don't look perfect you can get them at a lot cheaper price But because that's what the general public and modern society wants and the grocery stores want, this orchard ended up going out and they ended up taking out all of those trees. They just went out because they weren't considered desirable. But when he was sharing this about this orchard that they had taken out and these apple trees, I thought, how like that are we sometimes? Even us homesteaders, right? We tend to look at things and we don't see them always as they really are not the way that the Lord does. And so I encourage you, as I'm challenging myself, to make sure that we're looking at situations and people and different things in our lives through the Lord's eyes and not through our own. And if you are so lucky to come across some of those old apple trees or old orchards that have those older, more heirloom types of apples, they are wonderful. I think they have a lot of flavor and they are perfect for doing applesauce and apple butter. And oftentimes, like I said, you can get them when they don't look perfect. Maybe they've got some blemishes or they're not perfectly round. They're not very uniform in size. Some are big, some are little. 
oftentimes you can get those for a much better deal and at a really big discount, especially if you go to the orchard itself, if you're lucky enough and you've got some orchards around you, go there and see. And even some of them have you pick or gleaning, but they'll also have the what they call, you know, the seconds and they'll make you a really good deal on them. So that's a great way to get some frugal produce to put up for the coming year. And now you've got all the tips you need in order to stay cool so that you can get all of that harvest put up and preserved to take you through a full year. I want to thank you so much for spending your time here with me today. And if you've enjoyed this episode, however you're listening to it, be it iTunes or Stitcher, make sure if you're not that you hit subscribe. That helps more people find us, and it also makes sure that you don't have to check back for an episode that as soon as a new one is published, it will show up right there for you for the next time you go to listen. And if you are looking for more old-fashioned tips on everything from using herbs, especially, and spices in your kitchen and in your natural medicine cabinet, to growing them, to preserving them, and just those old-fashioned tips both in the kitchen and the home and the garden, you are going to want to check out and get yourself a copy of my book, Handmade, The Modern Guide to Made from Scratch Living. It has over 100 recipes from making your own homemade soap and balms and herbal products to, of course, from scratch cooking and fermenting and dehydrating. You can get it wherever books are sold, and you can also go to handmadethebook.com, and I've got some really fun bonuses for you, including herbal labels that say what the herb is, its best uses in cooking, but also its natural medicine properties as well. Thank you, guys, and I will be back here with you next week. Take care till then.